It is better to think of church in the alehouse than to think of the alehouse in church. Welcome back to the Go to Hell podcast. Strong opinions, weekly held about Christianity, the church, and beer. I'm your host, Tim Curley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colton Pierce. Colton, how are we doing this week? Uh, doing good. Um, yeah, doing good. Uh, I don't really have much to report, I feel like I've been... I'm... Uh, uh, geez, I'm like, I don't know why just like asking me how I'm doing and I'm like flustered on like not getting like a good enough response. Like, it sounds like, like me every week. I feel I like it's know. something that we unpack like fairly regularly and I've got like something to report, but really it's just, you know, you know, same old, same old. I don't ever want to be that way where it's just, you know, same old, same old. But for the time being, I got to say, yeah, I'm doing good. Glad to be breathing. Glad to be alive, grateful for good friends, good company, and good beer for the time being. So, how about you, Tim? Doing well. Had a really nice weekend. Uh, My wife was out of town. That's not why I had a really nice weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But I did phrase it that way. (laughs) Yes, you did. Uh, She had a three-day little uh, excursion cruise with her mom and sister and our daughter. So, a girl's cruise down to Ensenada. So... I was by myself, and my mom moved back out, so I got her moved out Friday. She's going to stay in her place I again. I meant to ask you about that, but I was like, man, I feel like a terrible friend who didn't ask. But believe it or not, I did remember. Uh, there's things I forget all the time. Somebody asks, and I'm like, oh, damn it. Why didn't I ask that? What a jerk I am. I'm so shallow. Uh, well, hey, Stone gives free shipping when you get $50 or more, by the way. So Really? Yeah. I think I was going to do that. I think I did that on the order that never did materialized. You? Oh, man. You, you must have known that's something that I didn't know because I thought I never knew. Okay, anyways. Um, so, yeah, she moved her back. So she's going to be living back at her same place until we've got her on a wait list for a much nicer, nicer place like 10 minutes from us. So, uh, And then Friday did my usual night out at Kuya Brewing Company with friends and came home. And then Saturday, took care of some stuff around the house that had to be taken care of. Uh, went to Cigar Club for a couple hours. Uh, had a good time there. Drank a lot of whiskey. You know, it's funny. I, whiskey does not hit me the way beer does. I can sip on whiskey, and it just does not... I don't know if it's the type of alcohol, or I'm just consuming it a lot slower. I'm not sure, but... I sampled several whiskeys. Now I wasn't, they weren't like healthy pours, but, uh, smoked three cigars, had some whiskey and then went straight to 1852, met you there. And then we watched the Packers lose to the Niners. And I mean that they, they played outplayed the Niners and managed to lose. So, but it was a nice night. Eric joined us. And then Sunday kind of just chilled around the house and, uh, got some work done while I was watching football. And so, Watched yeah. some couple movies over the weekend. That's I good. watched. Ooh, I got a question for you. Now it... that you mentioned movies, so go first. The first one was, uh, I think it's Road Trip. It's Amy Smart and Tom Green. It's from the it's like early mid nineties. It's around like, I think it's pre 
American Pie, but it's all in that genre of kind of goofy, rom- stupid '90s rom. Uh, well, it's not a rom com. Sex comedy. So, yeah, there's yeah, even though yeah, and then the other one was uh, ah, what was the other one I rewatched? I'll think of it in a minute. Go ahead. Oh, have you seen Apple uh, TV's rendition of Macbeth or no? I am not. It's on my list to watch. I need to watch that. There's a couple of... I have several uh, Shakespeare things to watch because there's some older... uh, HBO's got some older stuff from the 50s. They also have Rashomon, which is uh, the Japanese, I think, is King Lear. And it's considered one of the best uh, movies, period, of all time. Uh, I can't remember that director's name. He made four or five movies. They're all set in, like, samurai time uh, Japan. And they're all they're all Shakespeare plays. Oh, nice. Basically. Uh, so. <clears throat> Anyways, I. That's the one with uh, Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. I heard great things about it. Um. I haven't watched it. Uh, somebody brought it up the other day because um, I'm teaching Macbeth um, right now. I heard that it's pretty bloody, which it is the bloodiest Shakespeare play. Um, and so yes. I was looking for uh, somebody who had seen it who could possibly because I'm looking. I was like, probably in the next week or two, I want to start showing them scenes from it because we're we're in acting and stuff. And so being able to visually see what's going on or seeing somebody's <clears> artistic <throat> interpretation of what's going on would be great. Um, and I have an Apple tv subscription because if we're being honest there's some really shitty shakespeare out there like movies and all that kind of stuff where it's just like okay um yeah the ones that kenneth Branagh do are pretty good his henry v from around 1988 89 is fantastic um and it stays pretty pretty true to the play um but yeah a lot of them are terrible yeah i mean he does a full Hamlet, as, and it's a movie as well. I've never watched it because it's, I think, like three and a half hours. It's really long because he does the whole play. Uh, Mel Gibson does one also from the early 90s. It's okay. Um, it's it's all right. But, yeah. yeah, a lot of them aren't great. Yeah, they're not good. Uh, and like I said, it's difficult. Um, I th- there's still kind of that idea that... Uh, that when it comes to Shakespeare, that is kind of this higher level form of English, this more sophisticated, um, and that's, and even in the theater world, it's it's held with high regard, um, and people stick up their noses to going and seeing Shakespeare and being able to understand the complexity of of the language and all that kind of stuff. Now, don't get me wrong; they're really good stories um, that are told over and over and over again today. That just a lot of people don't know it. But the thing is, is that really, actually, the language itself was meant for blue collar workers who didn't have a single bit of education. So right. I was like, um, that's what I have to keep reminding kids is like, yeah. Cause they're like, the language is just so much fancier. And I'm like, Nope. It's <laughs> like, this would be like, if you guys communicated in like text lingo, it's not the same, but it's like, um, I was like, it's, it's fairly similar where this was very much street language that was used. They do have like, some people talk in the high speech or whatever, and that's when it starts to rhyme. But even then, the rhyme was pretty like basic and stuff. So um, it's just funny about Shakespeare. So, um, but anyways, I was checking to see if you'd seen the Macbeth one because I'll probably watch it this weekend and and see if it's 
able to be shown. It's like in black and white too. So yeah. Um, as from what I've seen of it, I was like, oh, this looks rather impressive, very artistic. So it, yeah, like um, I said, it, it got very good reviews. Denzel's uh, I, from what I heard, Denzel's spectacular in it. So um, yeah. oh, the movie. That, yeah, the I thought movie. Disney put it on because you know. Uh, putting a black Irishman or a Scotsman out there. So, um, sorry about that. Um, how dare you? How dare I get a text? The other movie I saw was uh, Will Ferrell's Semi Pro. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. You know, there's a lot of people who don't like that movie, and I think that's fair. You have to watch it a couple times. A lot of it is typical Will Ferrell. I don't know if that one's also uh, the guy he does a lot. Todd. I don't know if that's a Todd. What's his name? Movie as well. If it's just Will Ferrell, it's got your typical, just really over the top, stupid Will Ferrell stuff. And I think what makes sells the movie is the Will Arnett and the other guy doing the play by play. The yes, two of them yeah. are hysterical it's throughout phenomenal. the entire movie. So, what do you do? What the X? What the X? What the X? Okay. I have one. Ooh, I have several. That's okay. We're going to do all of them. All right. The first one is actually not a... It's not really a Christian one, but I thought you might like this one. And I don't know how if you're going to agree with it or not. As our resident expert on Lord of the Rings. So this is... Uh, yeah, I don't mention who says it. So uh, people tend to miss the fact that Frodo's journey in the Lord of the Rings is a metaphor for depression. He suffers invisibility. He feels isolated from those closest to him. He loses the ability to enjoy things. He leaves Middle-earth because he's too deeply wounded. Uh, someone's projecting. Yeah, they are projecting. That would be my opinion on it. Uh, which, don't get me wrong. Okay. This is also where English teacher in me is like, oh, that's a that's a good observation. I would tell them, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I wouldn't tell them that they're wrong. Uh, I. This happens a lot when people read um, literature. Um and, and it makes things difficult because, and especially when you encourage kids to read literature, is that when you encourage them, you don't want to squash their ideas. So they're sitting there and they're playing around and they're wanting to know what it is that they can work with. And so they're like, okay, what if this is a symbol for this and this is a symbol for that? Um, and I remember in college, um, and you actually have to do this, you have to read from different perspectives and things become symbols that were never intended um, to be symbols. So like, for example, if you read something from a Freudian perspective, you have to go and find sex and whatever it is that, you, that you're reading. And there was a particular teacher that made us read uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh and find sexual images presented throughout Winnie the Pooh. And so you had to talk about the trees being penises and like all this kind of stuff. Like you're, um, it's like anytime, maybe that's why Tolkien spent like a couple of, uh, uh, pages talking about the trees and the two towers is because he's actually just talking about his penis for like that <laughs> amount of time. Um, no, uh, so the, there's a lot of elements of that where you're able to continually read and read. There's like a feminine perspective. You can read into stuff that way. There's a race perspective for any variety of races that you can read into stuff. If you are looking for it, you can find it. 
Um, and this is actually something that we're that we talk about as being cautious for when you're reading the scriptures is that you should never be reading the the scriptures with um, this kind of lens of anything. What we did through those practices was try to remove our lenses. So with the with being so extreme, you're able to sit there and evaluate, okay, so what am I actually supposed to be seeing and that kind of stuff. So we have these little different exercises that you do, um, like I said, so being extreme um, to kind of dial it back and be like, okay, what is it What is it that this person is actually getting across looking at the context around um, stuff? I think that I think that when it, if, a, if a teenager submitted that paper to me and they said this is – what this is i'd be like i think you're missing a larger portion of what's going on here um and so if you solo isolate frodo in this instance then yeah you can make it out to be that but you're you're isolating frodo and actually it makes it seem because frodo doesn't get as as dramatic as he does in the movies yeah books like so um, that's one of the things about, uh, Tolkien that is, he's trying to tell a story about a bigger thing, but if you, his characters are, they go through some sort of transformation through the process, but it's never, we're not talking about like Tolkien, Tolkien isn't like doing smoke and mirrors with you. Right, like there's no like these are the good guys, these are the bad guys, right? right? There's no like what I didn't see that coming, you know, kind of thing where it's there's no what is around, and that's what a lot of today's modern fantasy likes to do is where they like to bring in from other places, and you know, but really what it was was he was trying to lay things out and create this world, um, and this environment of an adventure through this world that was very similar to our world that was or the way that our world had existed, especially when we're talking about the world wars. Yeah. Um, and through that process and really understanding, and that's the hard part where it's like, uh, I don't think you understand what, and that's why he leaves is because he's depressed. And I was like, if you're going there, then, then you mean that what you mean to say by that, or is because he's hurting or whatever. I was like, you mean to say that he committed suicide because the, like the idea is that the elves and yes, you could read the Cimmerillion and all this other kind of stuff. And you can say, well, they're going back to the land of the elves. And it's like, no, like, uh, they're, they're, they're dying. Like, you know, it's, it's this idea of crossing over his adventure is done. Um, kind of thing. He gave all that he had, um, and so there's there's something to be said there. Um, so again, I love the effort and and being really into the Lord of the Rings and stuff. Uh, but just know that when you solo isolate like that, you can come up with your own answers and that kind of stuff. And so if you're seeing that, then that absolutely that can be part of it. But I'm saying that you're missing a larger portion of what's going on in the books. So or in this case even if you're just watching the movies yeah i think the post would have been more i think the post would have been much better if the person had said i identify with frodo and the lord of the rings because it seems like those things the depression and all that i think that that's acceptable and if you would have said that and that's what you and i do when we we, would have been like oh interesting yeah because yeah you know exactly and we do we've been unabashed in the movies we've done where they're not Christian movies, but we've read themes into them that weren't intended by 
the 100%. the director or and the writer, but they resonated w- with us and and brought something out. So I think that would have been a, an interesting thing to say that and say, oh yeah, you know what? That's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, just like I because I I don't I can one hundred percent see it. Like sure. I can see how you came to that conclusion. Sure, and you know, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings is hard because one knows that he's using Catholic archetypes, building it into the play. But we, I think, what we try to do is strain it to be this story about Jesus, which it's not. He's just using, I think, he's using stories from the Bible maybe to build something around it. So one could say, I think, if this person. if you want to read that much into it, I think it'd be more accurate to read in that Frodo going to Mordor is like Jesus going for, going to hell for three days and, and defeating yeah. death. But even that, you're reading in, I think, much too much. Yeah, a lot too lot. Um, okay. <laughs> this one's, this is another one. I don't know. What the hell? Okay. This is why we have this segment. Christians used to choose to be fed to wild beasts over burning a stick of incense to the emperor. Now they are no longer sure if it's acceptable to attend a same-sex wedding. Okay, what's your point? Ha! Maybe maybe both are, 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 is your point there both extreme? I I don't, I'm confused. I, I don't, I don't know. I think that person is like 100%. I, I don't know. Actually, I, I don't want to read into that person. I, we have had that conversation. Haven't we, haven't we had it on the podcast or maybe we didn't have it on the podcast. So whether or not Jesus would attend a gay wedding. Oh, there, yeah. And there was a lot of crap on the, for some reason, this was gay wedding weekend on x because there was a lot of people posting about it i was like what did did i miss a news story i got asked yesterday they were like mr pierce are you religious and i was like already when kids ask me that question i already like like to play devil's advocate a little bit and i'm always like uh what do you mean by that and they're like like are you like like i can't remember the the phrase but basically it led to it led to me just being a dick even more. Like I was like, I was like, do so? Are you saying do I practice a religion? Like I was like, so are you saying that there's like a religiously things that I do on a regular basis? And they're like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I, of course, I know what the hell they're talking about, but I'm like, uh, and then eventually they get to, uh. they get to, well, do you align with like the Christian Church or like the Catholic Church or whatever? And I was like, I. I was like, if you ask me where I go to church, I was like, I am oftentimes, I was like, not oftentimes, I go to a Protestant church. And they're like, well, what's that? That is what you, what in your mind you are thinking is a Christian church. You know, I'm not trying to sound too much like a dick. And then they're like, they're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So is homosexuality a sin in the middle of class? Wow, we're going right to that. (laughs) It's like... Uh, so I had to be like, I had to be like, well, that's a really loaded question. We could probably spend this entire class period talking about it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, does it say that it's wrong in the Bible? And I was like, are you asking me if there is explicit? Like, I was so lawyer-esque. I was like, 
Are you asking me if there is explicitly a law that is like outlined in the scriptures about whether or not homosexuality is wrong? They were like, yes. And I was like, no, there is no law that specifically goes into that. And then they're like, but it does say that love is meant for like a man and a woman or whatever. And I was like, yes, there is that. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, but again, it's a very loaded question. And again, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm like, and I don't know who's listening in here to which they're like, give me the fuck out of this class. Yeah, exactly. Pierce is a bigot. And I'm like, <laughs> just like, it's a loaded question. We could spend the entire class period talking about it and nothing would be decided. Like, so we're just going to move on. <laughs> and luckily they had had this conversation to the side. Like this wasn't like, right. But still it was definitely within earshot of people. So. Okay, so I dug. I, all I had to do was go into the comments to f- find out. So how this person feels? Yeah. So somebody posted. Not the. Somebody rep- replied to the post and said, "I had a small group leader tell us they went to their brother's gay wedding. They did it to show they loved him. We never returned. Good for you. That that really showed him. That really showed him the face of Jesus. Way to go. So then this guy who did the original post said, "That's sad to hear that they did that." They do not show love, but acceptance of sin. That doesn't help anyone at all. And then someone else says, that my opinion too. That's my opinion too. And of course, okay, I am going to call this. <laughs> I am going to I am going to read this person's handle. <laughs> this guy's this guy's all about what Jesus would do and yet his Twitter handle is Conan the Burnsbury. <laughs> Okay, so he says, that's my opinion, too. Jesus hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, but he always encouraged them to repent. I don't remember hearing Jesus telling tax collectors to repent, but okay. He didn't condone their actions or sit idly by and pretend like nothing was wrong. Okay, you know what he also did? He went into the temple and overturned all the stuff that was being sold. Have you ever gone into the back of your sanctuary after they've collected the uh, the tithe and overturned the table where they're counting the money? Are you are you equally offended by that? Nah, fuck it. No, don't do that. Go rip the fucking million dollar TVs off the fucking wall. That that's what I want to see. Go tear down the projectors. Go oh, like. Oh, I meant there was somebody. That's the shit that pisses me. That's one of mine right here. I'm so, okay, so now, okay, so we've done that one. So I'm going to segue to the next X. I have a very strong distaste for projectors in church. Am I wrong or is this justified? (laughs) I don't know. Person that's on X, if you're mad for the same reason that I'm mad, you might sit there and be like, it's a sin to have technology in church. <laughs> You're like, also, you can't use instruments. That's not my problem. <laughs> my problem is, you know what? Honestly, let's just go back to like the, the camp days with like the overhead projector with like the sliding plastic uh, paper <laughs> sheet. That's really That's what, what I, I grew up in with in high school. <coughs> we had to have somebody sitting there. Uh, That's what I had in at summer camps every year. And then... Um, well, not Hume Lake. Hume Lake was always too much money. Sugar Pine was always that. Sugar Pine was always the projection. Was the projection on that? And then uh, they have the paper, you know, covering up there. And then, because uh, that's also what I had in junior high. That's what teachers used in elementary school growing up. So, uh, yeah. So, 
I do want to say one last thing on the homosexual thing is I, I think that I, I and I should have known. I was like, nobody's going to bring up Daniel and just be like, oh, yeah, you should uh, go to homosexual weddings. Like, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there is a there is a complete difference in condoning somebody's behavior and being supportive of somebody. Those are two completely different things. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Someone who really believes that needs to explain to me... How raising children works? No, the... Well, yeah. Where's the line then? Do you do you are you do you unfriend people who get divorced? But here's my thing. Like, let's not even say that there's unfriend people that get divorced. Do you do you sit there and like talk with people or go to people's wedding where like where like the guy is watching porn every single night? Right. Oh, well, we don't condone that shit, so... <laughs> but he's never said it out loud, so therefore, it's no big deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's so stupid. Like... Yeah, I don't... I Like, that stuff pisses me off, where I'm just like... Miss me with that bullshit, bro. Like, that's so fucking dumb. Like, you're saying... Like, again, that's that higher power, power trip kind of thing, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is... Um, we're better than these people or whatever. Or we don't condone their behavior. Yeah, it's the it's other, like, it's the this othering. Is, this is the flag. I, we're leading the crusade. Yeah, it's the othering of people. So, so if we're going to do that, what's the hierarchy of, where? what's the hierarchy where ostracization starts and ostracization doesn't start? Yeah, we're, we're, do we're making ostr- a hierarchy of Do sins. you ostracize your nine-year-old child to go to the grandparents until they stop lying? Or are you condoning it because they're living in your house and they, they won't stop lying despite everything you try to do for them? Or your 15-year-old. Yeah, you better not show up to their fucking wedding, too. Like, if you know that they're lying to you, you better not show up to their fucking wedding. I was like, because we don't condone that behavior. Daniel wouldn't even put incense fucking bowl <laughs> and would face lions uh so if you if your brother declared bankruptcy would you because they're not paying their debts i mean that's i mean you hit it on that you hit it on the head with the divorce one i think that one's a really easy one where it's like you know i was like meanwhile people are in as like again not understanding the context of those laws and then also again something to bring about back to our conversation where I said about my students, I was like, there's still technically no explicit law that talks about uh, homosexuality being a sin. Um, Like there's no, there's nothing in the law that Christian or well, that Hebrews acknowledge. So there's nothing in, uh, there's nothing in the law as far as like when we're talking about Leviticus, Deuteronomy, all that kind of stuff, numbers, where where the looked. I was like, you want to go read what that law is about? It's like what shirts you're allowed to wear if you're a priest, you know, like. Well, um, there's the one. There is there's one the one at the tail end of Exodus. 
Okay, that's the one where it talks about these are an abomination to me. There's, well, and we talked about it before with the homosexuality thing, where you have this really where most where where most people get their homosexual stuff from comes from the situation with Lot um, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, where you get the hellfire and brimstone because uh, an angel gets sent to this city and like the men come to the come to the house and they say like let us take him out into the center of the city and let us have our way with him and all that kind of stuff and so that's where a lot of people get stuff on that um, because then because then God smites them down and so that's where you get a lot of the hate speech from and they're like well obviously God was not happy with this so um, what are you finding over there? So in Levit- Leviticus 20.13, if a man practices homosexual sexuality, having sex with another woman as a woman, both men have committed uh, a detestable act. They must both be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. Right, and that one's like a weird one, because you're like, okay, so where it's, you have the man... Dressing up as a girl who lied that he was a girl and then has sex with a man uh, through that process. So, uh, and then in in eighteen Leviticus eighteen, it talks about it's like <laughs> it's going step by step. Don't don't have sex with your mother. Don't have sex with your father. Uh, So, anyway. Oh, and again, this is also the hard part where, again, it's like, okay, uh, what laws do we keep, right? Because a lot of people are like, you know, uh, what the always the one that pastors go to is you can't wear the the shirt of two different threads or whatever. And then it's like, oh, we got to cut off your hand or whatever the punishment is for that one. Because um, you guys are wearing a poly blend in here. Um those are always difficult because, again, everybody's like, well, you know, and there's still lots of context. I don't really – I mean, if we want to get into it at some point, we can definitely get into it. But there's – some of the things that we've talked about on the show and to which I would recommend most people keep in mind is that there is still that speculation out there that that the Bible has – no influence whatsoever by the culture of its time and to its writing and that it was perfectly written by God. There's a possibility that there may be no anti-gay uh, laws or anything like that in in the scriptures besides what you talked about in Leviticus and Sodom and Gomorrah because, and I've heard speculation about this from professors before because it was not culturally appropriate to begin with. So it wasn't something that was widely happening or whatever and so there wasn't a need to talk about it yeah Uh, there's a there's a there's a evangelical probably evangelical but the there's 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 two differing views on these verses one is 
these are ref these are simply reflective of the time and they're writing down things that everyone's following and then there's an opposing view which is everyone's doing these things and god's putting down these laws in order to make israel different from all the uh, you know the canaanites and the philistines and all that kind of stuff i i don't i don't know which one is which but i'm sure it's a mixture of both um, um i think that the, i think that the jews actively practiced the laws that they are putting down um in when they finally are writing their text and they may have been following those for a long period of time i still think that there's a lot of babylonian influence into what it is that they're writing well um, that's what i was going to get to is if you want to be very literal about this and say it says what it says you probably also believe that moses wrote this and moses did not write this somebody else wrote it and pinned it to this being told to moses but moses didn't write this this is somebody several hundred years later, at least, writing this down contemporaneously. Tank. Thank you. Writing this down and and ascribing it to Moses. But right. So, um, to your point, this could have been a Babylonian influence of these things not being allowed. Um, well, and it could have just, and it very well could have been a law of of what it is that they're not allowing and all that kind of stuff. It's just, there's a lot of speculation around those rules and around a lot of it, where again, the argument comes into play where it's like, which ones are we following and which ones are we not? Right. And again, <laughs> well, kind of talk about that. In are relations. they more like social nor are they really more like social norms than laws. God decreed, God decreed laws. I don't know either. I don't have an answer to that. And part of me that's still very traditional says it's one man, one woman. And part of me says I don't. I'm not really sure. Here's what I am sure about. I'm not sure enough about it to uh, go around not showing up at gay weddings and telling people that they're just as much that they're sinning just as much for uh, having sex with each other as they as someone else who's sinning for having shellfish. So. Yeah, I still to this day, and I, if you're listening to this and you're a homosexual and you turn it off because of what it is that I say next, then that's okay. I And because I've been fairly progressive on this show, and yet this is one of those things where maybe I haven't been able to fully cross the threshold on, where it's like I still, I still sit there and, and based off of based off of you can sit there and say it's biblical tradition or based off of the social norms or whatever i still acknowledge that homosexuality is is a sin um i will still i still think it's missing and by the definition missing the mark of what god had intended for his people um mainly because again i mean there's lots of different arguments for it i i don't need to make arguments for why i i'm just gonna say um and mine might be a lot more logical than just you know um, than that, but, but I don't view it as this, this horrible sin that is like, people are beyond, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, I accept you for that. I was like, would you like to know one of mine? Right. You know, like that's, uh, um, and yeah, there's, there's so much bigger problems to deal with than 
and homosexuality. Oh my gosh. Um, but I think it's a fear that people have. So that's why it's so they're like, Oh man, the homosexuals are taking over our country. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I'd say about that one. What was our second one that we had or our third one? It was, Oh, the projectors in church, the projectors in church. I get upset because I've gone over it a couple times on this podcast where I just, it breaks my heart to see that kind of money being spent on that when I could see it go into a lot of different other things. Um, I don't, I, yes, things need to be updated. Things need to be, uh, but I, I think we focus a lot. I think a lot of churches focus a lot on how to make a very aesthetically pleasing Sunday morning. They spend a lot of funds and they spend a lot of time about creating a very aesthetically pleasing Sunday morning. Um, and they can do good through that aesthetically pleasing Sunday morning. Um, they get a lot of money to which they're then able to help people in the neighborhood and they can also then continue to fund a lot of money into making it aesthetically pleasing on Sunday morning. And I just wish that, I wish that that wasn't a reason why people went to church, but it's a reason why people go to church. They want to go there. They want to listen to all their rock songs, their poppy songs, whatever they want. They want their concert, and then they want a, a kick-ass service that doesn't have any mic problems, and uh, and everything looks fluid and nice and fancy. We have a communications director to make sure that all of our graphics that are up on the screen look nice and smooth and, and awesome, and then... I was like, all those things play a part. Yep. But yeah, wish it wasn't that necessarily that way. But I also understand that that's not how the world works. Or, sorry, that's not how the United States works. Sorry, are you waiting on me? Woo! When was the last time you waited on me? We might need the next beer not before for, I do this. Boot. Not for podcast. This is a doozy. Oh, damn. This one on is... On top of the homosexual one? Is oh, I think this one's even more of a doozy. This one, this is such a doozy that I had to... I had to fact check it. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is... We're still continuing on with our what the X. Okay. Somebody posts, surprisingly bold, which is... I don't know where this guy's been. I, I see this guy post on a regular basis. I'm not sure what his background is. Uh, but he says, surprisingly bold. It's I would editorial unsurprisingly bold of john MacArthur to assert that jesus that either jesus spoke no words no well he misphrases this jesus surprisingly bold of john MacArthur to assert that jesus spoke no words other than those quoted in the four conical gospels oh okay sorry surprisingly bold of john macarthur to assert either that jesus spoke no words other than those quoted in the four conical gospels or that jesus was not god god incarnate and then he's got a infogram under or a picture underneath the meme it says if it's not in the 66 books of the bible god didn't say it and i thought okay that even for john macarthur that sounds like kooky talk so i'm gonna do a fact check and this is from grace to you which is john macarthur's website 
John MacArthur has literally every sermon he's ever done, either in written and or audio form on this platform. And let me scroll down to it. He's the the sermon is called "The Bible is God's Word." Okay, uh, I'm I'm with you on the title, but within within uh, reason. And then we get to sorry, folks. It's farther down. Silence is golden. Uh, Oh, sorry. Would you like me to do something? No, no, Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Uh so anyways, Macbeth. um, (laughs) I was like, I had my kids do an Instagram post for Macbeth earlier today, and uh, I decided to encourage them to put hashtags that replace the word bitch with witch. So I put, I... I was like, all right, guys, let's get some banter back and forth. What, what should we have the, the hashtags be? Which better have my money? Witches be crazy? Witch slay? Oh, damn it. I got 99 problems, but a witch ain't one. <laughs> I found it so easily last night. All right, here. Yeah, and then now. It, okay. In a wa- world for, full of dogs, all I see is witches. Which, please. All right, here you go. <laughs> God has spoken. And he has spoken in one book, and that is the book of the Bible. He's, <laughs> he's, he's saying the book of, this is how you know that the book of the Mor- book of Mormon and the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita are, are all in, are not God's word. Now, <laughs> boy, jeez, please. This is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. I I think this will be the last thing we talk about. We'll we'll kick your the thing we want to keep talking about down another to another episode. We want to do uh, render under Caesar. What is Caesar's? Particularly for this year's election season. And so we're anyway. I think this will be tonight. <sighs> okay. God has spoken, and he has spoken in one book, and that is the Bible. Now, that simplifies the issue. Yeah, yeah, it does, but not in the way you mean it. (laughs) It is not complicated to sort out the matter of religion. Most people think it is complicated to sort out the matter of religion because there are so many competing religions, and the idea today is to be tolerant of them all and to allow everyone to embrace their own religion, feeling that it's all ending up in the same heaven of heavens, no matter how you approach it. But the Bible claims just the opposite, that anything that contradicts the Bible, anything that is a competing source of revelation to the Bible, is not from God. I I don't really have a problem with what he's saying so far. That's kind of a traditional view of Christianity, particularly when you're dealing with the Quran and other things. We might be able to quibble with a few things here or there. But then he takes this... mm, Hold on, I need to take a note. Hold on logical leap takes a logical leap of well he takes a logical leap into the abyss then he says if it is not contained in the 66 books of the bible it is not the word of god if it's not in the 66 books of the bible 
God didn't say it. Mm. Now, if you take that last sentence seriously, I don't. Well, I don't know. I've got I've got some thoughts. So first off, unless you unless you have more that you want to talk about, from no, that. you go. So, so one of the things that that is an issue, and here's somebody that I'll give you an as an example. Um, so guy in Mariposa. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. He believed that he had a direct word coming from God. And I remember I asked my youth pastor at the time, Brandon Price, I said, hey, Brandon, how how do we cope with this? I was like, he's saying that. I was like, how do we know that this guy is in the next Isaiah? You know, how do we know that he's not dancing in the streets naked, talking about our doom and stuff and that we're all the ones that are the Looney Tunes, right? Like this guy's got the divine connection and he's a prophet. Like how do we not – how do we know that that's what's going on? And he says, well, one of the best ways that you can do that is you go through and you see that God – that man has conflicts in the scriptures. But God, as long as – so like you may sit there and say there's plenty of conflicts in the scriptures. Um. But to which they're not going to conflict with Jesus Christ's teachings. Okay, So if you go through and you look, or any of the covenants that God has already made. So if you go through and you look at those, what is it that he's talking about? Um, and if those conflict, then you're like, okay, then that's not necessarily something that comes from. Um, then that can be one of those things where you help discern, right? Is that person just a crazy person or are they not? When you go and you see somebody on the highway and they're saying, you're all doomed. Believe it or not, that's what Isaiah was doing. I was like, um, that's what the prophets were doing was trying to spell this doom for Israel. And yes, they look crazy um, <laughs> while they were doing it. So, um, so that's where... Where I think his claim is coming from is that not contained in the 66 books is that he's really talking about that kind of stuff. That's my guess as to where he's going with that. And maybe you read through the, the thing a little bit further, but that's mainly what I'm, I'm thinking from that. Where it's, again, make sure that it's aligned. Whatever you feel like God is calling you to do something, it will be aligned with what's currently going on in, or with something that's going on in Scripture. Um. Or some message that God has presented in Scripture. If it's not presented within that, then you are not. Then that's not what you. That's your own selfish ambition. That's your own desires that are taking over. That that would be my guess. And then also, what I'm saying is, is that what did you say <laughs> at the beginning? You talked about the the formulation of the Scriptures and blah blah blah. Again, you're looking at where it's all God ordained this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's this idea that basically God mind controlled these Catholic priests that assembled the Bible um, and said, these are the these are the ones that are going to be in here. There are f 
there are several other ancient texts that are all revolving around this time that have to do with Jesus' life or they have to do with some sort of Jewish tradition or whatever. Um, but yet the Catholic... Um, the Catholic priests at the time decided to compile all the texts and say, this is what we accept as our Bible. Um, so you're sitting there and you're saying that all those guys must have had Loctite morals, which that's what you've trusted in the church for a long time and they burned the hell out of you for. Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, they're men. Um, and so if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself that uh, that men didn't help create the Bible, then you're wrong. Like men with sinful intentions and desires help make the Bible, help made the Bible. They chose the books that they wanted to choose to be in there for the purposes that maybe they wanted to serve. And maybe some of them were holy intentions for the time, but they not, may not be fully um, invested or, or righteous in their decision-making. So um, always, always keep that in mind when it comes to the Bible is that it's not necessarily this Loctite document that was decided upon by God. It is the word of God because it tells God's story. And there is a redemptive process that comes through the scriptures um, that is really great to see. Um, and there's a there's a good, strong, positive message that we can get from the scriptures. But at the same time, understand that men put those scriptures together in, in the order that they seemed fit. And they chose to include and exclude pieces of scripture based off of whatever they felt was best. Um, and we hope that it was for the best. So what do you think, Tim? Well, as I, <laughs> I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm the moron on this one. I took, I took what he was saying too literally. I think this is still a good discussion, but I kind of got poop on my face when I first read it. Well, when I first read the X, I think the X kind of miss. I I inferred what did wasn't in I w inferred wasn't implied that everything Jesus said was written down in the New Testament, and I don't think that's what um, I think that's what the the meme implies is that everything Jesus said is in the Bible, and if it's not, or everything God said it's it's in the Bible, and if it's not in there, then he didn't say it. I don't think that's actually what MacArthur meant. Um, they took a quote that MacArthur did say, but they kind of warped it a little bit if to be kind to MacArthur. I do... I still... I don't know... Uh, this Okay, what I'm about to say is this is for someone who's been a Christian for a long time. If you're a new Christian, like fast forward like five minutes or something or just turn the whole podcast off because... I don't want to lead anybody astray. Uh, we have a mute. There's a guy we've mentioned on the podcast before, Dan McClellan, who has a TikTok and he dissects people who read the Bible, read their bad English translation, read it literally, and then come to all these terrible conclusions. He now has a podcast 
that revolves around that too where he um he'll take strange stories or troublesome con- concepts or just various things in the bible and break down like he did Revel- he did a really good breakdown of revelation around christmas time and uh he's kind of hard to listen to as a believer because he he he's so counter to everything you've heard as a believer even somebody like me who's grown up in the church and read the bible and different translations and all that kind of stuff he points out things that the bible doesn't say that you've been taught your entire life because of bad translations um that i started to wonder if this guy's even a christian he's just this you know bible uh scholar at various universities who's really interested in uh the bible and history and archaeology and all that kind of stuff but he's not a believer i the more i listen to him i think he just holds his faith close to his vest and he has is a christian but he's just he's a scholar and he's going on his way to point out like that's not what that verse says that's not what it means there's nothing about that or no that verse was written that you know that book of john was not written by john revelation wasn't written by john whatever um so Again, if you're a new Christian, don't turn to that podcast. It, that podcast is either for someone who long ago stopped being Christian and still finds that kind of stuff interesting or wants to hear reinforcement as to why they're not a Christian or you are a Christian and to where I'm getting at. The more I hear about what the Bible actually says from the original language, the more it becomes troublesome that we are so centered on it. Yes, it is the God of the Word of God. Um, but there are large swaths of the church that just completely, I don't, that just all they do is teach the Bible, the literal, quote unquote, liberal bi- literal Bible, which it, they're not literally reading the Bible, Greek or whatever other languages it was written in. And I think in the long run, it's robbing people of their true, the true faith, the f- true relationship they're supposed to have with the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Yeah. And to your point, you can't just go around and just say, well, you know, Jesus did tell me that it's perfectly fine to be in a three-way yeah, relationship. Told me, Jesus told me to kill that guy. Yeah. There are obviously limits. And the Bible helps with that. But I think, I don't know. We did it. We did an early episode of this around 15 or 20. And I in that same one, we did a whole hour. And I feel like I bumbled... This is always something that sounds really nice in my brain. It's just, it just, I find the, I almost feel like we're, we've created a false idol in and of itself, the Bible. Does it, does that make sense? Yeah, that's why most people say, or not most people, but like our church in particular says that they're a Jesus-centered church, where, again, we look at, we look at Jesus and the message that he provided. Now, don't get me wrong, the Bible is a source that we use to, to understand who Jesus is. Um, so therefore we can't just toss it out, but yes, people hold it and but, and that's also where we get to from before where people hold specific parts of it to the letter and treat it as if it is, yeah, this, 
it's this idol, this relic, this holy relic that represents um, stuff, but really not really understanding what the purpose of the Bible or the scripture is. Um, we've made it into something more than what it should be, which is this historical text that should point to God. Um, but we don't ever read it as a historical text. We read it as this religiously involved text. Um, and, and so instead of just sitting there and believing that we have lessons to learn from it, there's, there's messages that it can teach me every day and not like, and not what I'm talking about lessons. It's like, like, for example, people are like, I'm going through this really hard time time right now so this person's like all right so i'm gonna open my bible up to to whatever page and i open it up it's bible battleship (laughs) yeah and they open it up to the story of fucking esther i don't know um they open it up to deuteronomy 25 11 and 12 and they're like oh my gosh that spoke to me really hard in this moment where i i needed that and if you don't know what Deuteronomy 25, 11, and 12 is, it says that when the wife of, when, when, when the wife of a man, or no, when two men are fighting and the wife of the man comes to rescue her husband from his assailant by grabbing the testicles of the other man, you are to cut off her hand and show her no pity. People would be like, oh my gosh, today, the, the bitch at work was <laughs> just like those two men. And I went over there and I, I just got a, I can't go and grab the testicles because, you know, that'll just cut off my hand. Nobody will show us or and I shouldn't be showing any pity or whatever. Or maybe we need to cut off whatever. Some people read whatever shit they want into anything. That's not what the Bible is for. You should not be reading your life or your or your current situation into the scriptures. Again, it is a historical text. Um, it's a historical text that we have then repurposed as a religious text. You can follow the teachings of Jesus. Absolutely. That is where you get your religion from. That is your pure, undefiled religion as it talks about in James. Um, is where you care for and you take care of the people that Jesus asked you to take care of. To take care of. Yes, absolutely. When you're sitting there and you're like, I, I learned about David's struggle and it just, I, I relate to it so much. Yeah. And like some of you may not understand what I'm talking about, but hopefully others of you understand that you get into fucking Sunday school rooms or you get into fucking small group settings and you talk about how you relate to fucking <laughs> every motherfucker in the Bible. And it's like, what are you talking about? No, we don't relate to that. We have fucking air conditioning. Like, you know, like, I was like, those bitches are in heaven right now, if you believe in heaven, and are sitting there talking about, going like, you have no fucking idea what it was like. <laughs> what do you mean you relate to me, bitch? Like, sorry for getting animated about it or obscene about it, but seriously, the. I was like, I'm going to be in a small, we're, we're going to start up home church again. <laughs> and Andy's going to make eye contact with me every time that something like this happens. He's going to be like, mm, careful. Colton, careful. Might, Colton might blow up on you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but in all seriousness, but that part of that, when you do that, what you're doing is you're putting so much more emphasis on the scriptures and these stories that are that are just meant to be either historical context or historical information for us to be able to understand who Jesus is in this redemptive process that God has put us through. Um, and that how, no matter how bad things get, we can always get good out of it or he can always get good out of it. So I don't know. That's, it's just frustrating, 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 frustrating. Well, let's, Oh, also wait before, wait, are you going to move on past the subject or no? Yeah, I'm gonna go into your hot topic, but you can finish up and then because I think oh well, no, I want to say into it. No offense to your your little thing on X, but I think that what you did on X is is so common. And so I'm sorry, I don't want to like sit there. No, and, like, call poke me at out. It. I know, but I'm sitting there and saying that people read shit, and even and you did a fact check. You went through and you went and you found exactly where it is that he said that. And you were like, I still can't believe this. Like, why the hell would he say that? But again, nobody looks at the rest of whatever it is that it's talking about or tries to understand. Oh, people. I read people it. Do. I just well, yeah. I, I just got it stuck in my head. I mean, 100%. if anything, this, but that's, is, this is why we have these conversations. It's going to be like, okay, well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I talked to you about it. And unfortunately, talking to you about it means I'm talking to couple hundred other people listening to the podcast but whatever this is a perfectly moment for tim to be vulnerable so yeah it is it's a perfect example of but it's not like i haven't done that before where it's like i read something and i'm like oh that can't be true and i'll go back and i'll look and i'll read it through that lens that i then first saw it at and i'm like what the fuck they actually (laughs) said that but that's not necessarily the intention whatsoever you know um and so that's a huge that's a huge thing in our world that we do on a regular basis. And here's something that is really, I think is, I it's the you know if I'm gonna be, I'm not being. This isn't a funny. This isn't me being funny. I think it's we live in a world. We live in a modern world where communication's been written. Communication, and we take it for granted. We take that for granted. And I think what those of us who live who've lived in the 20th and 21st century take fail to remember that the vast majority of human history is not learning has not been done via just text. Yeah. It's been done through the, what we would call the arts. Yes. And I say that because what trip, if even the guy who posted trying to bring up that post i got so hung up on my i got distracted by this stupid meme even what the guy originally said surprisingly bold of john MacArthur to assert that either jesus spoke no words other than those okay see that's no this guy this guy misquoted john MacArthur. this is not what john MacArthur said and that that's what got me into trouble and then okay I can piece together how this happened. He inferred something. He had the quote correct, and I even read around it, but I was so, he so infused his, he, 
MacArthur doesn't say everything. Je- the way this guy writes it, everything Jesus ever said is written in the four Gospels, which is insane. Well, and Acts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, those, those two chapters in Acts. Um, that's not what MacArthur said. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> He's saying that everything that God is and has revealed is through the the is through the Bible. But doesn't mean it doesn't books. mean everything that God's ever said to somebody is in the Bible and everything outside of it. Although there are Christians who believe that. I mean, even MacArthur, there's certain things you know God's done talking to people, and it's all been revealed in the Bible. That is not an uh, a non mainstream viewpoint. Oh either, yeah, hundred percent. There's there's people false. that believe that the miracles ended. At- Correct. Uh, MacArthur believes that. He, that's why he doesn't. He thinks Pentecostalism is a is a false uh, strain of Christianity because there's no more, speaking in tongues ended at Pentecost, which is completely out. There's I've read everything or heard every sermon MacArthur's ever done talked about it. And he's pulling stuff out of his ass. There's nothing in there that suggests that at all. Again, that that's a realm of an that's a realm of an opinion um, to where it's again it's. Uh, where we've talked about before on the show, where you have you know the the center, the dogmas, the doctrines. Correct. And, the, and uh, I have no problem with somebody who's open about yeah. who just says, uh, "I'm uncomfortable with people who speak in tongues." Yeah, that makes. I've been in rooms where they, and it, I'm uncomfortable by it. But um, yeah, and I think leave I've it even, there. <laughs> I think I've even challenged on this show before, where I'm like, "Yeah, the the tongues thing," where it's like, again, I if you ask me about do I believe that people speak in tongues? And I was like, as far as everything that I've seen when it comes to speaking in tongues, it has no relation to what the purposes of tongues in correct the scripture were. They're supposed to be an interpreter. I was like, apparently there's supposed to be an interpreter, but in there the scriptures, is. tongues is how they communicate to the everyone, right, right? right? Like, it's like, what? So that's always been a weird thing for me where I'm like, so wait, why does one person in the room is the only person that knows what this person is saying? But meanwhile, in the scriptures, everyone knows what that one person is saying. Well, I think there is a verse somewhere where Paul says there need, if in order for it to be accurate, true speaking in tongues, someone, at least one person there has got to know what that person is saying. Well, and I think but that, I think that might, that's been boiled down to there needs like, to be someone who can interpret. Which actually, my argument on that one would be that there is this idea, and I mean, sorry to come after you, Pentecostals, but there's idea, there's this idea that, um, I was like, again, when, anytime that Paul ever writes, it's very conditional. So like, when people are sitting there and and you you mass, you mass produce laws for the church based off of the one specific condition that he was trying to meet in a very specific church is like sitting yeah there he was trying he was dealing trying with to the, address a very was, specific issue correct. in a very specific church he was dealing with an issue i think in athens where people were running around claiming to speak in tongues is like which is funny because that does apply i've been to in numerous church. times <laughs> in pentecostal churches not one has anyone ever attempted to translate what they were saying let alone half ass it like will ferrell in a movie and like try to just like oh that'd be start phenomenal actually <laughs> actually like i'd like they, what they think they're will ferrell if you ever listen to this i'd like you to come to visalia first and please translate <laughs> whatever it is the hell that they're saying over there i they would, like buttery biscuits I, they're looking they're looking forward to going to golden oh corral my gosh hi 
<laughs> would love that service so much. I would be there every service just for that. Let's go shake and bake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're talking. Oh, oh, and now they're talking. About- oh, no. They're, they're coming through the back door. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. They're, oh, now they're now they're praising ten pound sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. <laughs> okay. All right, now we've gotten really, really horrendous. He's like, oh, oh, you're translating right now. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pentecostals. Hmm. Anyways. Oh, okay. All that to say, with the whole Twitter or the X thing, and and just please, and I'm not saying this to you because I I think that you're like I'm not trying to beat you up because I, like I said, I, it happens to all of us all the time where it's understand that that is a very real legitimate way that we view the world. And one thing that I always want to tell people, um. And our world knocks us down from this all the time. And you may end up with shit on your face, but I'd rather end up with shit on my face time and time and time and time and time and time again. If it means that I will always assume positive intent with people because I think that that's what God wants us to do is – and that's why – I mean we've talked about it before. I don't I don't want to listen to true crime podcasts or whatever is that I always want to believe that people that are in help actually are in help or they need help. I don't want to hear about the fact that like, you know – I saw them in this parking lot last week and they were like, you know, uh, the, you know, this homeless person. I was like, I saw them go over there and I was like, I don't, I don't mean to say that there are people that aren't taking advantage of the system. And there aren't people that are, that are bad people in this world. That's not what I'm saying at all. But always we should try our best to assume positive intent when it comes to people. Um, Because that's the only way to change this world is if you continue to look at people as maybe better than they actually are. Right? Like, Right. Like the the same way that you view the world. and, And most people would get upset about this. I was like, teachers understand what the fuck I'm talking about. If I went into the classroom and I was like, this person's burned me over and over again on... I don't give a shit about them. But some people would be like, well, that's my fucking kid. I want you to care about them. And so every single day that I got that I go into my job, no matter how many times your kid is fucking burned me on their missing assignments or whatever, I have to give a damn about them. Right. And so maybe it's a part of the occupation, but I, I'm saying that that we don't do that in the real world. Once you're an adult, nobody gives a flying fuck. I was like, you burn them once, you're done. Yeah, well, I think even that is the secular world has, the business world has infected too much of our personal relationships and we deal and vice versa. Um, I I try to manage my business where people get more than one chance. Um, you know, sometimes it's out of my hands because they do something and uh you know a team or a media partner that i work with says you know this guy did this he can't work with us we can't work with that guy anymore and, and there's nothing i can do but, he's out uh, there getting autographs by every single uh, <laughs> taking inappropriate pictures of cheerleaders is often the problem if i'm being completely honest hey just so we're clear 
It wasn't any of your photographers. But 100% witnessed that go down at the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, what is happening? You put middle, mostly middle-aged men with cameras around uh, attractive co-eds, both on the sideline and up in the stands. And, yeah, all kinds of pictures get taken. So, And they end uh, up in a file on your computer. Yeah. Um, sorry. You could cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the joke had to be made. Um. Okay, so let's we'll do um we'll do our hot topic, and then I'm going to end it on a nice little note about the Bible. Um, it would take me two minutes, but because I just thought about this, just so just to make it clear, I don't. I haven't thrown the Bible out with the baby water. I look at the Bible just to wrap it up. I just look at it more to use the hoity-toity kind of phrase, a word that is usually used today because somebody can't really describe what needs to be done, but I think I'm going to appropriate. They use it as a way to say, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to use a really clever, uh, big-sounding word to make you think that I'm on top of it. I try to read the Bible holistically, and it's just kind of an overall look at the Bible. The Old Testament for me is more of a history of where we came from, what people who of, of people trying to struggle with who God is, what God wants us to do, and then Jesus kind of giving that clear answer of this is actually, you guys have been bumbling around for thousands of years. This is what me and my father expect of you. Yeah. And then the early church, even then, struggling to figure out well, what the heck does that mean um okay so we talked about did render and caesar come up recently in a previous episode and that's why you want to talk about it, or you just you were thinking about it as the political season heats up no um uh yeah, I think it was just something that came to mind where it was like, we need to have a conversation about this. Um, I was like, I can. Do you want me to start with it or do you want some? Well, I'm, I want to read it first. So, yeah, go for it. People know we're not just pulling stuff out of. I, I, some people might listen to what we're going to say and say, well, you're reading way more into it than Jesus is talking about. <laughs> to which I say, yeah, you know, I don't Well, I I'll tell you how far I read into it and you and and then actually the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is something that I don't think you have to read into it at all to understand what it is. I was like, I read into it to an extreme where I'm like like this is where I go with it. Um and I'll, and I'll give that background on that, but I think our criticism as, our criticism is those of the, the 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 Christians out there who say they follow Jesus and they follow every word of Jesus don't at all seem to be following his directive or you want to call it advice on this one. This is just, woo, we're throwing it out. Correct? Um, yeah, I think a lot of Christians throw this out. You do, a lot of people don't acknowledge this or, or you're, you're thinking that it's just about the idea that God doesn't care that you pay taxes. Um, which actually i would still say that a lot of you throw out so um. okay so uh it's 
Jesus's famous quote, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and God, the things that are to God. I say famous because I think that that quote's been ubiquitous with even it, within the culture, um, even with people who probably less so now, but even 20 years ago, people who never went to church, they would have understood what that what that phrase is, who said it, and all that kind of thing. So it became a common phrase adopted within the um, within Western culture, uh, even outside Christian circles. It's mentioned twice in the Bible. It's re- it's recorded in Mark in chapter twelve. It's recorded in Luke in chapter twenty. Which, just so we're clear, if it was a solo John reference, we would sit there and we would probably say, okay, this isn't necessarily something that Jesus probably said. But the fact that it's in Mark and Luke is almost guarantees that Jesus said it. Yeah, okay. I'm glad he said that. So the the language is fairly close in both of them and the lead up to both are both identical. So the what happens before Jesus says this is he gives a parable of the tenants. And um in the parable of the tenants he basically, it's one of these parables that's directed right at the Pharisees. And when he's done with the parable, the Pharisees know that was directed at us. And it's basically, it's this, uh, it's a parable where Jesus is basically saying these tenants um, decide that this vineyard is now theirs and they're going to take over the vineyard um, or they, they just... They, they decide to kill the owner of the vineyard. Yeah. And Jesus basically says, that's not how this works. The vineyard is clearly his kingdom, his, uh, and that it, it's basically a parable calling out the, the Pharisees and their, their followers the followers of Judaism that follow the the Pharisees' view of the Bible of saying you've hijacked my you've hijacked my relationship with with people with man and woman, and I'm here to take it back. Um. So then they send out some they they say all right we've had a, enough of this so we're gonna go send out some spies to follow this guy around and ask him some and uh, ask him some questions and so. Uh, some of the Pharisees and Herodians, some starting in Mark. I'm going to read from Mark. I'll just read Mark. Luke's, again, pretty much the same. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 13, and I'm reading from the ESV. And they sent him some of the Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. Okay. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought him one and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. The God and gods, and they said, and they marveled him. Uh, we need another beer. And it is lit. Well, yeah the the quote is literally the same in Luke, 
So, render under Caesar. So, uh, so the literal interpret. So, what what's the literal interpretation of that? And I don't mean just literally like pay. Well, actually, I think where we need to start with this is a little bit more of contextual. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do some historical background. So, historical background. If you think that the United States is in turmoil, um, you have no idea. I, I was like, don't get me wrong. The Middle East has always been. And if you think like you're like, oh, yeah, it's always been. And you're like, within the last like 80 years, it's always been this point of contention. Or you're like, oh, the Crusades. And that's how far back you want to go. And it's like, no, it's been a point of contention for a long period of time. Um the i was like i was like when you got the hittites the amorites all that kind of stuff that this area has been highly sought over time and time and time and time and time again and so rome currently holds residence over um israel um and there are several factions of Jews that are within the roman empire those that are like if you think about the united states think about the Think about the Patriots. Think about the Loyalists, right? Loyalists? No, what were they called? Uh, uh, the ones that were loyal to King George are the, you know what I'm talking about, an American Revolution. Say that again. Uh, English or English Loyalists that were living in the United States during the Revolutionary War are called the what? Uh, they're not called the Loyalists. They're called something else, aren't they? Loyalist sounds right. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, um, so uh, you have you have these different factions. You have uh, you have the Nazarites. Oh, yeah, they were they're they're just called loyalists. Oh, okay. Wow, good job, Colton. Way to remember back <laughs> to your fifth grade education. Capital uh, L. So yeah. Um, uh, you have the you have the Pharisees. You have the Sadducees. Um, okay. They were also referred to as the Royalists or the Tories. I don't know. May I, I was... So Loyalists or Royalists probably the bit two ways to go. Okay. So anyway. Um, you have the Sadducees. You have the Pharisees. Again, Sadducees have a higher um, uh, – are closer inside the inner circle of the, of the temple. Those guys are – um, a little bit more rare. Those ones are a little bit. Those guys have a little bit more political power than the Pharisees do. Um, the Pharisees are on the outside a little bit, but those are the scholars that have been studying there for a long time. What's funny is that oftentimes is that uh, Jesus would often uh, he's called rabbi or whatever, but um, he he has most in common with Pharisees than he does uh, any other. Uh, sect of uh, religion. So uh, it's funny that he calls out the Pharisees because those are people that he is most. I was like, you can sit there and say that he has a lot of commonality with the with the common folk, but as far as his education and where he belongs, as far as when he goes to the when he goes to Jerusalem and that kind of stuff, again, he is the rabbi. Kind of the idea is he would he would be around the Pharisees on a regular occasion. And so that's where when you see the Pharisees talking to him on a regular basis, again, that is as a teacher, he is considered their peer. Um, almost. Um, and then you get to like, like I said, there's zealots, 
um, that are causing violent uprisings uh, all throughout um, Israel, um, trying to get the Roman Empire kicked out. It's not... There is a lot of political unrest at the time in this nation. Um, You have these tax collectors that are affiliated with Rome. They're... Um, because Rome pays them very well. Well, Rome doesn't necessarily pay them very well, but they don't check their their cheating and stuff. But they are backed by the Roman Empire, so you can't say anything to them, or you can't you can't say that they're cheating you because at the end of the day, the Roman Empire backs them, um, and so therefore they can take however much money they want to take from you. Um, and so where we get from that? is you eventually get there is a huge unrest in the area because again tax collectors are viewed as these cheaters these people that are taking money away from every single person um, that's out there everybody who's breaking their backs who's working for every dollar that they can possibly gain and and they're sitting there and taking as much as they could possibly take from these people and they're also turncoats because they're they're not they're generally not Romans. No, they're Jewish. They're Jews who turned against their own people, which is a reoccurring thing that happened during the Holocaust, where you had Jews within internment camps in concentration camps, or in the ghettos before they were rounded up, working with the Nazis. And there's a term for it. I can't remember what it is. Uh, is it not the Gakpo? Or the, I think so. Yeah, uh, the Gakpo. It's Ga- yeah, Gakpo. Right? Something like that. Um, so this is a reoccurring thing within Judaism, the Jewish police. Yeah, of always, always being sold out for a dollar within. And, and it's to be to be fair, that's not just a Jewish thing. That's every tribe has that. It's survival. Um, yeah, every tribe has that. What whatever the tribe is, but you know, with the Jews being. Um, Persecuted and persecuted. It, it persecuted and persecuted, up. and also having a very well written history. Like right. I was like, we we know a lot about what's going on with them. Anyways, so then you have this moment with Jesus where he gets asked this question. Um, people are in awe of him because it's actually a fucking mic drop at the end of it, right? Like it's just like okay, so uh, so again, there's this idea of give to Caesar. And so he asks for whose likeness. Oh, it's so great. He says, whose likeness is this on this? Give me a quarter. Give me a denarii. And he says, whose likeness is there? He said, all right. Give that shit to that guy. And again, but also what he establishes is, for us, whose likeness are we associated with? Right. And we're gods. We are created in God's likeness. Um, and so there's a lot of power in that moment that like, seriously, if somebody were to drop that shit, it'd be like, Oh damn, put that, put that on a poster and put that shit in my classroom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like put a cat reaching for the stars or something. (laughs) I don't know. Um, that's insane. Uh, yeah. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah, do you want to unpack anything before I go to town on this, or because I get I gave the historical context, so I gave the literal context. That's the literal context. I was like, if you if you take it literally, you do have to acknowledge that what Jesus is saying is is that he looks at the coin and like I <laughs> I was like, don't get me wrong, I'm reading into it because I'm 
imagining Jesus. And like, I hope he looks at that shit and he's unimpressed. Well, like, you know, like, okay. So flips the coin to the guy, like literally like, ding. He's like, yeah, you can give that to Caesar. I don't give a damn. So, Money is a false construct. That's where you're going with this, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, Imagine. It, it Imagine is. if that's how off the rails we went tonight. It is arguably in a modern context. Once, once we get off the gold standard, it is an imaginary construct. Uh, it's just a big, it's, Bring the barter system back, baby. It's just a bunch of green paper greenbacks <laughs> being printed uh, some warehouse and deep in the bowels of yeah, but here's also States. the thing is I feel like I feel like Jesus understood that. No, okay. So I think but this is one of those things where I think the problem is you can never Jesus is never well, I'm not gonna say that. Jesus is rarely being literal about anything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's why he speaks in parables. This this in a way is almost a it's almost a parable. So if you read this and say, okay, we're supposed to pay our taxes and all that, but I think that that's what people take at the bare minimum is they're like, yeah, I, that's I, I that's know what he's talking about. And I think yeah, they still bitch. Want it, but to, they if, still bitch about it. If you want to apply this, if you want to apply this in the political context of what does it mean to be a Jesus follower and operate within government. whatever government you're in, you're, you're under. I think Jesus is saying, because <laughs> taxes, I think in this context are better understood. They're not just taxes. It's persecution. It's the boot of the government on your neck. 100%. And that's why, again, we, we reinforced. So you can't look at this like, Oh, as a you certainly can't look at this from a modern standpoint. If you if you really want to be literal about it, to be literal about it, you can't look at this from a modern standpoint and say, "Well, I got to pay my taxes and suck it up." No, the, this the, the taxes here are are more like if you want to liken them to a modern context, they are more like uh, differences over abortion or a, a whole other or other thing or you're not allowed to. Um, we weren't allowed to worship during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you deal with being a Jesus follower in dealing with the government persecuting you? Oh, that was huge persecution, by the way. Uh, not being able to worship over COVID. <laughs> it was. It was actually. It was a travesty. But anyway, I'm. I'm a martyr. <laughs> What are you talking about? You defied you defied the rules, and met, we met in uh, we met in the house. Yeah, we we, we met were like a, we met in our underground. Uh, yeah, we were like an underground China China church. Yeah, basically we my house and Andy's house. Basically, actually, every single week, I just had us all call me Moses, uh, like Harriet Tubman. So uh, because I was thinking of Corey we Tim Boom at that time. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. 
(laughs) God's going to have a conversation with me about this someday. (laughs) Going to say, Colton? Episode 72, I have a bone to pick. Colton, (laughs) you went too far. (laughs) Got it. That's my bad. All right, let's bring this home. Not because we're too late, but let's just bring it home. So- no, wait. I was like, bring this home. This is going to be like a 20-minute bring this home I know, shit. I know, oh, okay, okay. Let's bring it home to what we wa- why we wanted to bring this up. Well, it's election season. So it's election season. And this year is like no is no different than any year I think I've ever been alive, but certainly since probably the mid-80s, where Christians think their entire future is wrapped around who's going to be the president of the United States and what party's going to win. And I'm I'm not calling out just... It, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, those damn Republicans. No, no, no. The left's no different. The, to the, it's so funny because I know Christian leftists that are like, how could you be, how could you be a Republican... And like, sure, this goes both ways. I know. And the thing is, is you're like, what? That's no, because you two, both sides don't interact with each other. Yeah, there's there's Christian Republicans that don't even believe that that's a thing. They don't believe that there's Christian Democrats out there. They're like, oh, "Oh, this is what they say, but that's not what they are. Quite common in the Christian circles that I was with in the '90s. To to it was said openly, you could not have voted for Bill Clinton and be a Christian. Well, just so we're clear. Which today seems so quaint. I was like, there's there's people on both sides of that saying that now. Sure, so. absolutely. <sighs> Actually, here's what I... And here... Yeah, let's, let's bring it home on this. Um, yeah, there's... For a long time coming now. And yes, it's every single year. Or every single time. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. And, well, I, it's not even don't get me wrong. The media, I, and I'm not not in a Trump way where, like, you know, fake news, blah, blah, blah. But we do need to understand that f- even if you're sitting there watching Fox News or you're watching whatever. And the sad part now, and where it feels more extreme... And where I agree that if you're sitting there and you feel like it feels more extreme, is that the candidates lean into it. That's where it's a little bit more frustrating than it was before. Um, is when in 2013's election was going on. 2012, sorry, election was going on for the 2013 presidency, which was Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama. They had stuff that they were they were discussing, but it wasn't like you were leaning into this. You weren't leaning into the media. You weren't leaning into. You weren't 
leaning into this well people were still leaning into the doomsday kind of stuff um they're like okay well if Barack obama takes over then it's the end of the world if Mitt romney takes over then he's gonna fuck us over because of whatever um in 2008 it was the same thing with john mccain versus uh Barack obama which also just so we're clear it's very hilarious to me that still people that it seemed like there were more people that came out of the woodwork after john mccain died than and they were like i always loved him but i definitely didn't want him to be our president uh that was always really funny to me um they were like uh for that then there was the 2004 with john Kerry and george w bush then george w bush versus al gore um where again just people are are leaning into whatever side it is that they're that they're going towards right now it's if you've watched any of the Republican debates, I'm sorry. I and I watch I watch them because I and I watch all debates. I watched the Democratic debates four years ago. Like I don't I don't have a problem. I want to see who's who's running. I, I I I'm not tied to a party or anything like that. I don't believe in planting my flag on those ideals. Blah blah blah. And I sit there and I listen to people and hopefully I'll find somebody that I that I feel is a president out of the end of it. But it really, if you're watching these Republican debates, what it's become like a freaking it's like a roast fest. It is. It's uh, embarrassing. It is an episode of. Jerry Springer? Housewives from Orange County all getting into a cat fight. Which is why I've turned off every single one of them about five minutes in. Because I'm not going to watch... They're bad! I'm not going to watch whatever that is. That's not an exchange of ideas. Uh, I'm sorry. I, and I said this when... I'm, I'm going to get a little political here. The first time Trump got elected and people were like, why would you vote for that guy? He's like, he's so terrible and crass and all that. What, have you been listening to politics? He, he's just a little more crass than everybody else. But you know, Nikki Haley's up there insulting other people like Vivek was Vaswami and Vivek's. This whole thing about Trump's made the discourse worse. I'm sorry, I don't see it. I think it's been terrible for a long time. These are not people with deep ideas who can debate. So. I mean, you want to watch a debate? Watch go, watch, go on YouTube and and type in Oxford debates, and that's how a debate actually happens. I do believe that. Uh, I will say, and I mean, like this is just an opinion. So if anybody disagrees, I do think that Trump made the debates worse because because I think America proved that the debates didn't really necessarily matter to them, um, and actually, what they wanted to see was they wanted to see somebody, and and if you ask kids. Like, it's not about who wins an argument. It's about who who roasted the other person worse, right? Like, when, you, when kids get into a debate at school and they talk about something, one kid could have way better ideas than the other person. But if the other one said that, like, I slept with your mom last night, it doesn't matter what the fuck anything else happened. The kids are just like, he won. He won. I, look, I, to like, I totally agree. And that's what it feels like on the freaking debates. I totally like agree. But <laughs> Trump just did it better than everybody else. What is the most famous line from uh, by Barack Obama in in a debate? I can tell you right now. Do you want to? Do you want me to tell you? I, I'm. There's only one line, so you're either right or wrong. Because the one I have in my brain is. I'm curious if we have the same line. 
The 1960s called and they said they wanted their the foreign 1980s, policy so the back. The 1980s called oh, and I they wanted the their foreign policy, foreign policy back. That's a roast. It's not an intelligent line. It was a nice zinger, but it's not an intelligent yeah, and line. It just, and, it, and it took off the entire debate. And what's funny, what still is really funny is that is that four years after that point, people are saying that our Russia rigged yeah, the election. Right, exactly. That was always the funny exactly, part about it. it was exactly. Like, it was like four years down the line, all of a sudden, Russia is the biggest so, problem that the United you know, States has ever faced. The problem is Trump's just better at all the insulting than everybody else is. But this idea that he somehow like ruined politics, it was it had already been going this way. You know, the guy he, that he insulted the most, John McCain, in his honor. John McCain's the one who stood up on the floor of the Senate and said, if you don't vote for Moldova and Moravia to be in, entered into NATO... Or Macedonia, then you're then you're a puppet for Putin. That's not statesmanlike, fair debate tactics. That's just that's that's not that's not statesman talk. That is that's the lowest form of political argu- argument, and 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 that's not anything new. It's been going on for a long time. Now, that was a side note. I know, right? I was I like, mean, we both got on a side note, which is fine. But here's the thing. And it maybe news has played a part in this or whatever. Um, and even right now, hopefully you're listening to this and you, and you can see that that Tim and I are, are still passionate about our country and and the the issues that we face as a people group. Um on a regular basis. I don't. So when I say what I'm going to say about, about this scripture and, and what it is, and it's not offensive or anything. Um, but it's more of a challenge where it's, you know, there is, there's something to be said about, about this topic. And, and, and we're still invested in what it is, but, but here's the thing is as we go into election season, and we're in the swing of election season. Like it's not even we're 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 there. It is so easy to be consumed by election shit and for you to feel like everything is crashing down and your hopes this, being robbed. Your hopes being robbed, doom is is in on setting, civil war is imminent. Whatever it is that you want is not going your way. Taxes are going to go up. Price of this is going to go up. This, that, and the other. And there are some of you out there in the world that are going... I I haven't met you yet, if I'm being honest yet. I haven't met you. But please come and talk to me when it happens. I was like... And and this is a challenge to anything. Post on Earth stuff or whatever. When you sit there and you're like... Your value of life... Has all of a sudden been... Permanently altered... The way that you are afraid that it's going to be... By the, the decision of the president. And you're like, how does this relate back to the scripture? And again, it's it's this idea of let God let let what is Caesar be Caesar's, and let what is what is God's be God's. Don't let don't let Caesar take your joy. Don't let Caesar take 
your soul. Don't let Caesar take take your time with your kids. Don't let him take your 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 time with your friends. You guys spend so much people spend so much time talking about politics and and it's not that politics don't don't have a good place or a thing to talk about where again we're trying to establish a kingdom here of what god expects for our world and and all that kind of stuff if you're a christian person and you're doing that you're fighting a losing battle but (laughs) you're but at the same time if if that's okay but if you're sitting there and you're saying it's over there's no hope if if this person or like civil war is imminent um if you're wishing death on the other person or you're like and I got to be honest with you, and this is where I I asked you last week where I got to say, in all seriousness, Tim, within the last four years, and this is your chance to open up, and I was like, this is your chance to sit there and say whether something has, as far as the way that you have wanted to live your life on a regular basis, has Joe Biden impacted that significantly enough to where you can say, fuck that guy because he screwed me over? No, 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 not at all for me. But. No, but okay. Well, let me put a, let me just put a nice, let me put. Well, I was going to go through each president. I was going to say, okay, did, did Trump do it to you? There, did Barack zero, Obama do it to zero. you? And he had, and no. Barack Obama had eight years to do it to you. No. Did Bush do it before that for eight years? I mean, now don't get me wrong. I the hard part about the Bush and even if if you're there's kid, no president. if your kids involved in the military, like I, I'm sorry, like I, <laughs> I'm like I. Well, I mean that's that's the caveat is you know the, is the wars we're fighting, but of course <laughs> that's not really even a right or left thing as much. I have biblical things to say about that too, but uh. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you and I are minorities on that, even within Christian Christian circles. So that's the thing. Like most Christians, even those, and a lot of you know, I would say the military still the majority of people going in are coming from Christian families. They're the ones largely supporting these those wars. So even on the ones where they, you could argue they are being impacted. They think it's fine that they're being impacted that way because they're defending American freedom or the world or whatever. Or somehow, the the boot of the of the U.S. soldier and the butt of a gun is somehow you know helping Jesus spread democracy. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, widen this out even more. But the government. There's a problem within Christianity's got a an, an issue, and both sides. The I'm going to be very crude here, in in terms of not in like using swear words, but just make gross generalizations. The right is the right is consumed with well, no, the right and the left are consumed with using the government to make Jesus's kingdom now, and they're both doing it on stuff they've read in scripture and think this is our job folks jesus is going to make his kingdom when it's his time to make his kingdom as long as you're using man-led government let's be perfectly honest you're doing it with brute force behind it 
government seriously no i government only exists with the threat of brute force i only laugh because the last every election that i've ever been a part of i've only ever voted for jesus christ (laughs) i was like and you can laugh i I was like my parents that's fair I, and if you're I, every voting, time that I say it, I say I don't believe that anybody on this planet is good enough to lead to lead this many people. Uh, like I, if you're sitting there and thinking that one man is able to, well, and that's also you give one man so much power. Like right. that's also that's also the hard part where it's like I was like you've you've given Joe Biden or you've given Donald Trump so much power over your life in a way that he doesn't even have power over it. When you sit there and you recognize that he's fucking up your life or whatever, you're giving him way more power than he Correct. actually fucking has. I was Correct. like, he hasn't affected your life one damn bit. That's why I asked you that question. Now you're I was starting like, to sound like Letterkenny. Um. <laughs> Give her fucking balls a tug. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, so you're, I think you're correct. On the one hand, we're giving Caesar way too much control over our life. And in fact, we're in some way, we're we're almost worshiping caesar when we're not supposed to be worshiping caesar by saying we want you to do these things and you know how you're going to run my life is important yeah be when a god that, when that should be focused towards jesus be a god who rules our country but well, i also want to take this and if you look if you don't agree with this application of this verse that's fine um stipulating that all government only exists with the threat of force and you can say well they don't you know they don't they don't they don't throw everybody in jail they you know they find people and do this yes and what happens when you don't pay your fines eventually you go to jail which is by the brute force of the government christians on the right whether because you're upset about gay marriage or you're upset about abortion or whatever your issue is or if you're on the left you want the poor taken care of or what or whatever those issues should not be if you really want those issues effectively um addressed addressed and accepted within society the best way to do that is not with the government because there's always going to you're to persuade people with the threat of the government is uh, always a turnoff. Oh man, Tim going with that libertarian freaking propaganda. <laughs> it's not libertarian. Right now. It's it's a it's a stop relying on government to implement what? What <laughs> a part of that is not libertarian. It's libertarianism stop. doesn't have anything. Stop relying on government to do shit <laughs> oh you actually anarchist that's what you are no no anyway so what stop relying there's on government a, to... that's a whole other discussion about anarchy but, um... <laughs> i don't know what that word means <laughs> anarchy but i love it anyways keep going uh, you can vote democrat it's just i think my point isn't to be libertarian. My point is not actually. I don't. You can you can vote Democrat. You can vote Republican. My the problem I have is 
we too often rely we we get upset at secularists people who don't believe in god and they just rely on government and everything you're you're doing the same thing if you want to fix the homeless problem fix the homeless problem don't rely on politicians who don't have your same values don't re- rely on caesar to solve the problem don't rely on bureaucratic bullshit um i I will say, when it comes to government, and I believe this 100%, and there was actually a, there was a TED Talk, and it was by a New York senator, so you can shove it up my Democrat. ass. You can shove it up my ass if you want to, like, throw that out there. But it, it, I, <laughs> his, TED talk, his TED Talk was about, was about getting involved in local government <laughs> oh that 100 percent. which it, is why i've said on the record i think on the previous yeah, show did, we recorded and then i was very adamant about it to where i think people were like wow he's i think like, it might have been two shows it's cigar like, club i was very adamant i'm not voting for anything above local government and jay our friend jay said what does that mean and i said it means exactly what i said it, it means. means i'm voting for the shit that matters that's what i'm you voting for this and everything else is a waste of my t- utter complete waste of my time I 100% agree, and I've agreed for a long time. I if So like I said, I vote for Jesus Christ to rule our country every single time for the presidency role. But for when it comes to my local government, my local representatives, I always vote, and I try to do as much, as much research into those people as possible. Um, because that's the stuff that's actually going to impact me. Um, I was like, yeah, who... Who's going to be my sheriff or, uh, you know, uh, Hey, who's going to be a sheriff? Who's going to be whatever, like in our, in our city, but the two cities, your city and my city, Tularian Visalia, there's a, there's not a mayor of an official mayor. The mayor's one of the city council members, um, vote for your city council member in our mm-hmm. area. The county supervisors very much matters. Um, and I highly recommend that if you're sitting there and you're like, it's like the dumbest thing on the face of the earth when people are like, they're like, yeah, on road. And I was like, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this conversation. On road 52, you lose your fucking tooth or you, you drop a crown. But state of California only cares about paving their own damn roads. And I'm like, that's not even a state of California road, you dipshit. Right. <laughs> Vote for the person that gives a damn about that. Like, right. I was like, golly. And I was like, yeah, you also voted for, I was like, you also were expecting that to get done in 2009 when we were in the middle of a recession when there wasn't any money for any damn shit. Like, I don't know. Politics. Politics. Oh, your rant, though, just encapsulates the whole thing. Stop getting so worked up about politics. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter about to, to who we're supposed to answer to. And I think how we're supposed to impact other people's right. lives and, around us. And you may listen to me right now and you're like, there were two things that we said tonight where all of a sudden like Colton got kind of heated about it in, in the in the form of politics where I talked about the debates a little bit or I talked about like, you know, like this is it. And maybe even just right now you were like, yeah, man, Colton got a little worked up. And it's like, yeah, but at the end of the, like, that's a true statement where it's like, if you think that I'm getting worked up and I'm the person that's telling you that this is something where it's like you're letting it steal your joy, imagine how many times a day you're getting worked up. I can't go out to my fucking 
And it doesn't mean that we can't talk about politics, but I can't go out to my fucking supervision duty without somebody sitting there and wanting to talk about the, the Republican debates and all this kind of shit. And then they're going to talk about how that our country's headed for civil war and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hey, man, like, have you ever taken stock of what's going good in your life? Yeah. Have you ever sat there and thought about, hey, this is the shit that matters. Because I don't think you do. As far as what we've ever talked about, I don't even know if you have fucking kids. But golly, every time we get out of here, you want to talk about how you, like, watched the debates last night. And can you believe that this person said this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that that's all that person's personality is. But I'm saying that it seems to be robbing him of some sort of joy that is going on in his day-to-day life to which he then needs to bring it up every single time that we go out for supervision. I'm going to I'm going to flip that. Yeah. I think I think it both robs us of joy. And I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I don't know that it's healthy that we know that there was a school shooting in New Hampshire. And it's no disrespect to people with New Hampshire. Yeah, it doesn't just apply to the politics. Um I don't <laughs> There's literally nothing that me or anyone else in the Central Valley of California can do to solve that problem if that problem can be solved of a school shooting or even just i mean yes maybe we could you know send a nice letter or something and someone be moved by it after they read it but we're well the reason why they want you to know about it is because of they want there's an idea that gun laws should change i i know why they want us to but i i think this goes back to the voting local i think it's not only voting local but it's being it's being focused on local it's being conscious of what you can control it's being conscious of what you can control or what you can have an impact over who you can pray for uh and we're so consumed about things that we have no real relationship to other than we live in the borders of this very big country yeah that we're losing sight of what really matters. And (laughs) Jesus wants us to impact, I think, the people that we are most in contact with. And we are so consumed with telling the voters of, florida to do something because i live in california and their politics don't matter with mine so i want to vote for the president that will make florida look like california or vice versa that's really not your concern and the more you're you're consumed by it it's really taking away i think what you're supposed to be consumed what jesus wants you to be focused on so Vote this fall. We're not saying don't vote. Even and, if and even if you want to vote for we're not saying don't vote for the president or don't vote for your congressman. I'm not, but you know, vote for whoever you want to vote, but just don't don't make that don't put out signs on the front of your lawn. Don't make that the thing that your has got your car displayed all over. Don't make it the thing that's all over your social media of who you're gonna vote for and who you should vote for. This is not the thing you should be leading with. I, and and I, I struggle with this all the, you know, there's other things in life that we probably lead with on our social media. And it's like, 
you know, maybe every once in a while we should let people know we're a Jesus follower. So, well, and also don't sit there and put something out that like some of you might listen to this and you're like, you're right. We need to focus on what God wants. And God wants to make America great again. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're going to put out God wants to make America great again on our front lawn. And then, like, you know, we go from there. Um, so be mindful of that. I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't discourage people from voting whatsoever. I, when I first started, I said I wasn't going to vote because I, I believed in my exercise right not to vote because and and not in the way that teenagers have like dumb shit about it but also i believed in it i believed in an educated vote i i do believe that to this day is that if you're gonna vote on something please that's my one bag is always be an educated vote um to where you have weighed both sides and you've struggled over it and not in Nobody ever does it, but, you know, well, I don't want to say nobody, but, but there's an idea out there that, you know, whatever my party is, that's, that's what I'm going to vote for, you know, whatever, this guy's automatically the evil person, and, and yeah, even if you go to those websites where that you go and you compare the people and all that kind of stuff, um, you end up finding out that. You know, oh man, this person seems to fully align with the Democratic Party, or this person seems to fully align with the Republican Party. And you're like, no duh, that's the party that represents them. But that may not be what necessarily they're saying on a on a debate or something like that. And so what I'm saying is that when it comes to the elections and that kind of stuff is just be mindful. Don't let it consume your life. And, and we're gonna do a. We're gonna do a. Me and Tim have plans to to plan out a. We're probably gonna do a late summer, probably August, um, to get everybody ready for Super Tuesday. Yeah. Um, although Super Tuesday is November. No, Super Tuesday is March, but the 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 election. Get ready, probably in time of the conventions or something. The election is November. November, yes, yeah, usually around the fourth, the first or second weekend of November, yeah, or first, it's first Tuesday of first first Tuesday of November, um, yeah. So we'll we'll get everything ready to rock and roll. I was like, we'll either do it August or September. Um, I was like, with the way that we go on these podcasts, it, it'll probably bleed into October. Um, but just this idea of things to keep in mind as we go through election season and we don't ever want to be on a political spot. I, I gave Tim shit about the, about, uh, what, what did I give you shit about the, uh, being too, uh, libertarian. Oh, too libertarian. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we're not, we're not here to push a political propaganda on you. I was like, I, <laughs> I'm registered independent and I have no horse in the race every single time. I have no intention of voting either way. Um, a long time ago, I would have voted Republican. And if you're thinking that I still have ties to that, I, I feel nothing but... I feel nothing 
but disappointment when I look <laughs> at the Republican Party, and I feel nothing but disappointment when I look at the Democratic Party. And you may sit there and well, you were a Republican. You always viewed disappointment on the Democratic Party. And I was like, no, not always. Um, and again, I still, to this day, and something that we talked about earlier on this podcast, is I still view positive intent, even with people that everybody says is corrupt, but... The Republicans always believe that theirs is never corrupt, and the Democrats always believe that theirs is never corrupt. So, what do you got for us, Tim, for our last little bit? Unless you have one one thing else you want to say. No, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I said I was going to say one more thing. I'm going to hold it up to the next episode. So. Oh wow. Uh, so we thank you for listening to another episode of the Goat Hell Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review so other people can find out how they can go to hell. And if you plan to vote for the Green Party, you can go to hell. Ha!